0: Hello again, and welcome to the Nittany Ridge Show and the ninth episode of the 2019 season. I'm Rich Scarsella of the Reading Eagle, your host. We'll be talking about Penn State football, reviewing the Nittany Lions' hard-fought win over Michigan, and previewing their trip to Michigan State this week. You can find this podcast at ReadingEagle.com and wherever podcasts are available. We welcome your feedback. Joining me on this week's episode is Matt Charbonneau, Michigan State beat writer for the Detroit News and Frank Bodani, Penn State beat writer for the York Daily Record. Matt is joining us first. Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. Glad to be here.
0: Can you tell the listeners where they can find your work?
1: Yep, you can get uh, go on to the DetroitNews.com. Uh, everything's there. And then, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, at Matt Charbonneau. Um, we got a podcast going now, The Green Room, and all sorts of coverage there on Michigan State football and basketball.
0: Excellent, and and by the way, I know we're we're mainly here to talk about football, but uh, the AP poll came out today, right? I think in Michigan State is ranked number one.
1: Yeah, first time, to- first time ever. It seems oh. kind of strange. they never have been. But wow,
0: yeah, I didn't know that. Time-
1: yeah, first time preseason one. They've been two a few times, but never number one.
0: Wow. Let's get to football. Michigan State is four and three overall and two and two in the Big Ten. In a bit of odd scheduling, the Spartans have two buys in three weeks, including one last week. Uh, Michigan State, I think, returned nine starters on offense and eight on defense, but the Spartans lost decisively to Wisconsin and Ohio State in their last two games. Matt, what are your general impressions uh, a little bit more than halfway through the season?
1: Yeah, that's – it's tough to look at Michigan state right now and feel very optimistic. I mean, you know, they returned all those offensive starters from an offense that frankly, wasn't very good. Um, In fact, ranked about 116th in the nation last year. Uh, You know, they made some coaching Mm -hmm. realignment, I guess is the best way to say it. Shuffling. They didn't change coaches. They just changed responsibilities. And quite frankly, the offense doesn't look a whole lot different from what we've seen the last few years. And, not surprisingly, uh, there has been little inc- little consistency at all from this group. So they've had some injuries up front, but still veteran guys there, a veteran quarterback, veteran receivers, and it's just it, it's just not coming together. I mean, they got shut out at Wisconsin two weeks ago, only the second time ever under Mark D'Antonio they've been shut out. Um, but that's two weeks in a row, Ohio State and Wisconsin, where they lose seventy-two to ten. Um, and, and the disturbing part for Michigan state and all that all through these years when they've had, tr- you know, trouble offensively, they've been able to lean on that defense. Well, now the last two weeks, his defense has really taken a hit, given up a ton of big plays. Um, you know, strangely enough, uh, contained Jonathan Taylor pretty well at Wisconsin, but still gave up 222 yards rushing, uh, 320 some odd rushing yards the week before at Ohio state. So. Everything that they used to lean on and rely on is all kind of um, getting, you know, it's kind of falling apart a little bit. So you have the week off, but I'm not sure a week off suddenly fixes all Michigan State's problems at this point. So um, what we're going to see this week with Penn State is is tough to guess. I mean, you you would expect the defense to be a little better, but you really don't have a lot of confidence this offense is capable of putting up too many points.
0: Matt Brian Leworki is. Been a, has been a thorn in Penn State's side the last two seasons. Uh, you know, directing uh, two dramatic wins. Uh, he's this year. He's completed 58 percent of his passes uh, for I think almost 1,600 yards, 11 touchdowns, three interceptions. How has he played, and and how much has he been affected by the Spartans' lack of success on the ground?
1: Well, I, yeah, I think he's been affected a lot by that. Not only on the ground, but they, you know, going into last week's game, they have had 23 drop passes, which is um, the most of any team in the country. And that's, you know, you know, for any quarterback, that's gonna that's gonna be difficult. So, um, you know, this is a guy who r- really is healthy now. You know, last year, that Penn State game when he first got hurt, hurt that shoulder, Mm -hmm. Uh, really affected him all year. And for the most part this season, we were starting to see the Brian Lurkey we we saw in 2017, a a guy who was a little more patient. Um, He would get out and make plays with his feet. Uh, Just a more dynamic player now. Obviously, at Wisconsin, that kind of went out the the window, Uh, did not play well there. But that was the first time, really, he didn't play well this year. He's just not getting a whole lot of help. Um, they're not running the ball consistently well, and I think a lot of that has to do with the injuries up front. Um, as I mentioned, the drop passes, a lot of even 50-50 balls, he's not getting guys to go up and make plays. That you know everyone at Penn State remembers, remembers Felton Davis last year. He didn't have he doesn't have a guy like that anymore, um, and that's obviously that's hurting the numbers, it's hurting the confidence, hurting the production. So he's played pretty well, but it just doesn't show up when you're looking at the stat sheet. So. Um, you know, I, I Brian Lewerke hasn't been the issue with his offense. There's no doubt about that. He's he's just not getting much help.
0: We're talking with Matt Charbonneau of the Detroit News. You had mentioned the Michigan State defense, and and you know the Michigan State defense obviously obviously has been very very good over the years, and seemed to be playing well early in the year. You know, not only you mentioned Ohio State and Wisconsin giving up a bunch of points, they also gave up 31 to Indiana. So, are there injuries? Is it um, is there something you could point a finger to on defense? Why uh, they've struggled a little bit here in the last three games?
1: Yeah, they're they're actually fairly healthy on that side of the ball. That's that's one of the more difficult things to try and gauge what what has happened here the last few weeks, and and it's probably started with that Indiana game, which was a little different than Ohio State, Wisconsin, because Indiana threw. Gosh, I, I forget the number, but something like 85 percent of their passes were four yards down the field. And um, Michigan State, just at that point, they didn't tackle well in space. That led to some big plays after that, um, which you don't normally see from them. Now they've, they've lost a couple guys to the NFL. There, you know, Justin Lane was a mm-hmm. corner last year who's now playing in the NFL. Kari Willis at safety. They had to replace those guys, but other than that, you had a you have a pretty good group of guys back there. And it's just we just haven't seen the consistency in those things we normally see. Whether it's whether it's tackling, whether it's hitting, you know, filling the right gap from a linebacker, or a you know, a, a tackle taking on two guys instead of one. Just the, the the little things that Michigan State's always been so good at fundamentally defensively, we've just seen kind of crumble the last couple of weeks. And I think once you have a couple of those, especially against Ohio State, you miss a you don't fill a gap, and J.K. Dobbins goes sixty-seven yards. Um, too many plays like that, I think, just starts to kind of wear on this team. And now you are going to go to a Penn State team that, I mean, big plays, big plays is what they do,
0: right? Yep. So uh, yep. It's
1: it's, it's it's again, you sit there and kind of scratch your head with the defense because they've they've got plenty of guys. Um, it's you wonder a little bit if a couple, two, three years now, a feeling like everything is on them that they can't ever make a mistake because the offense has been unable to score points you just wonder if that catches up to him two three years in that 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 pressure begins to get to be too much and um, then some of the mistakes start happening and the big plays start happening and before you know it it's halftime and you're already out of the game
0: Matt you wrote uh, I think a few days ago that a sixth Michigan State player uh, entered the transfer transfer portal uh, one of those six uh, Connor Hayward the top rusher from last season. Um, Mark D'Antonio got a little testy after the Wisconsin game. Is there – he is also the winningest coach in program history. Has had a great track record. Is there – is he feeling the heat? Is there? Is there
1: um, pressure on him right now? Yeah, what the pressure is is a little tough to gauge how much, but I think it's, it's absolutely out there. I, now the players in the transfer portal, I don't think, has a whole lot to do with it. Most okay. of those guys, Connor, Connor Hayward included, had been had been passed up by younger guys and either weren't playing or had were in severely diminished roles. Um, when you think back to like 2016, when they went three and nine, there were there were a lot of issues on that team, and you know, a divided locker room, all sorts of stuff. I don't I don't see that with this group. I think mm-hmm. it's just guys looking. You know, with the new transfer rules, you can move on. So I think that's... Kind of, I don't think that's indicative of a of okay. an issue. But th- that said, um, there, there's pressure on Mark D'Antonio for sure. I mean, this is a guy who said, "Trust me, I'm the guy who turned this program around." Me not making offensive changes in the off season—that's it's the right call. And you know, and he earned that benefit of the doubt. Well, here we are, seven games in, and it's clearly not working, and it's getting to him because, as you saw after the Wisconsin game, he was not exactly happy with questions about his offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's other stuff going on, too. I mean, you know, there's there's off-the-field stuff. He's, yeah. he's going to be deposed in a suit from a former employee in yeah. January um, about some of the recruiting issues in the past. And you got to imagine that's weighing on him, too. So uh, he's got a retention bonus coming up in January of $4.3 million. You wonder if he sticks around to take that and get out. It's, I mean, 13 years in, you can, and you know, in his mid-60s, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world that, you know, a guy can say that's it. So you just kind of wonder where he's at in his head right now is uh, you know is, is all of this is he getting to the point where he's like okay I'm good uh, because the, the, the product on the field hasn't been what I mean geez, you got to go back to the playoff year 15 since that point uh, it's been a lot of frustration for this group so you, you're, you're just kind of up in the air where Mark D'Antonio is right now because fans are a little bit frustrated that um, they kind of keep seeing the same thing over and over again it doesn't look like much is changing
0: Matt, you wrote an overview on the Big Ten at the half, well, we'll call it the halfway point of the season like you did. It sort of is right. in, in Monday's Detroit News. Uh, can anybody beat Ohio State in the East or maybe in the league?
1: Yeah, I I mean I think they, certainly they can. I mean, I think Penn State can. I think Wisconsin can. Um, whether they will or not, I, I'm starting to wonder if that's possible. And and, I, you know, Wisconsin, the thing about it is, look, Ohio State's clearly, I think, the best team. And Wisconsin might be almost as good, but the reality is when you lose to a team like Illinois, you put yourself in a bad spot when it comes to playoffs. Now, they might, you know, they're, they're past to the winning the West and getting to Indy is still there because they still play Minnesota. Uh, but it's just tough when you're a team like Wisconsin with a loss like that, if it gets to that point. Um, and then Penn State, to me, is is the one I'm still just kind of up in the air about. I really like them defensively, and I just I just wonder offensively if they're going to be consistently good enough. Uh, you know, as like we saw last week against Michigan, yeah. they were they were great for a quarter, and then kind of disappeared a little bit. So yeah. I'm just I'm up in the air in Penn State. I'm not I'm not saying they can't beat Ohio State and they can't win the East and win the title and make the playoffs. Obviously, if they beat Ohio State and win the East and win the Big Ten title, they're going to go. Um, I just right now, to me, I think Ohio State's clearly the best team. I would give, I would give Penn State a chance and Wisconsin a chance. Um, beyond that, no. I, I, I guess what I was trying to say is, that you've got a clear best team, a couple teams that might be as good, and after that, boy, this year the Big Ten is a bit of, a, I mean, fairly underwhelming. I know Minnesota seven and zero, but I'm not buying that one for too long. Well,
0: I was going to get to them. I was, who, who do, do you see Wisconsin coming out of the West or?
1: Yeah, I, I still do. I mean, they play they play Minnesota toward the end of the year. I'm trying, I don't have their schedule in front of me.
0: I think it's the last game. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they to me they're still the best team over there. I, I mean, I know they didn't play well against Illinois, but I don't think people think suddenly that means that they're a terrible team. It was just one of those days. Um, I, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I'm not I'm just not buying Minnesota when I look. At, I guess when you look at a resume or look at, you know, look at their non-conference wins, all one possession wins against. South Dakota State and Georgia Southern and teams like that and I you know they they've been a little better the last couple of weeks and maybe, maybe I'll get proven wrong on Minnesota but I'm not buying that exactly yet so I, I think Wisconsin's the clear team over there and then obviously the Ohio State-Penn State Penn State game is going to be pretty darn big uh, when it comes up here yeah in a few weeks couple of weeks so um yeah I just I just think Ohio State's the team to beat okay. Couple teams that might have a shot after that. It's, it's really those three teams that have any chance, uh, and that'll all play out here over the next few weeks.
0: Matt, I, I know you cover Michigan State, but I'm you you do write for the Detroit News. What do you make of the Michigan situation right now? How much heat is on Jim Harbaugh?
1: Yeah, I, the, well, it's the weird thing over there. I'm not sure how much heat will ever be on him at Michigan when it comes to the administration and all that. I I have a hard time him ever seeing him get forced out there. Um, if things don't go well and he, he leaves, I think it's going to be by his choice of maybe going back to the NFL. It's just, it, it, while fans get frustrated, you just don't ever hear the people around there in the administration or, or you know, the higher ups there talking about an issue with Jim Harbaugh. Now, I, I they're definitely all frustrated that it looks like, again, this team won't be playing for even a Big Ten championship, but I. I just have a hard time right now seeing anyone in Michigan, Ward Manual, the AD, anybody there forcing Jim Harbaugh out or firing yeah. him or, or looking for somebody else. Because, look, this, this was their guy. Yeah. I mean, when they had Rich Rodriguez and Brady Hoke, it was all kind of like, well, that's not really the guy. So when they were finally able to get Jim Harbaugh, you know, they, they really wanted him when they hired Brady Hoke, but he took the Niners job. So when they got him for this, this was it. You know, this, this is our guy to win championships. And now five years in, it's still not happening. Yeah. Uh, you the, the fans are definitely frustrated. The fans are kind of at their wit's end. It, it, it's a strange thing. It's like Michigan fans don't want to say Jim Harbaugh is not getting it done, but the reality is he's not. So where where it goes is is going to be kind of interesting to see um, because clearly they're not winning a, a championship this year.
0: No, they're not.
1: And and yeah, and to see where the where the administration goes, I just it, it's going to be fascinating because I don't see them pushing him out. And unless some NFL team comes calling, which could happen, I'm not sure there's a change coming anytime soon.
0: Matt, last thing from me. Penn, Penn State is favored over Michigan State by about a touchdown, but the Spartans have won four of the last five meetings. What do you expect Saturday?
1: Yeah, I, I think Penn State's still the better team here. I mean, I just as I mentioned, Michigan State offensively just – you never know what you're going to get. The consistency just hasn't been there. And the way Penn State's playing defensively, I'm not so sure it's happening this week. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a shootout, but I think they win I think they cover that number, maybe win by, like, 10, something like that, 27, 17, or 14 along those lines. So uh, not, not a blowout, not a shootout, but I think Penn State proves that it's the better team in this one and, um, you know, walks out of there still unbeaten.
0: That's Matt Charbonneau of the Detroit News. Matt, thank you, and thank you for doing it on such short notice. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll see you Saturday. Thank you. And joined in this segment by Frank Bodani of the York Daily Record. Frank has covered Penn State football for, I think, 25 years. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Bodani.
2: Great to be here. It's just, it's taking you halfway through the season to have me on, so I am so <laughs> ready to roll with
0: her. Well, that's because <laughs> I wanted you to build up, you know, a reservoir of information. So, sure. hey, where can Ooh. the listeners find your outstanding work?
2: Uh, YDR.com. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm also on Twitter, YDR Penn State. I'd start there. Okay, know?
0: let's go. We'll start there. Uh, Frank, as you know, uh, Penn State moved up to number six in the both major polls this week. The Nittany Lions are 4-0 in the Big Ten, 7-0 overall, coming off a hard-fought 28-21 win over Michigan in the whiteout game Saturday night. Uh, I can mention a couple things, but let's go with they needed a drop pass in the end zone to, let's say, escape overtime, that they didn't have to go to overtime, and who knows what would have happened there. But I think, what are, you, what are two or three of your takeaways from Saturday night?
2: That Penn State is riding on what could be kind of a Cinderella-type plate here. I mean, they got things going their way. And you've seen seasons like this in college football. Now, it also takes a team like Penn State to take advantage of that. So far, they've done it, you know, three kind of late scares already this year. Um, but having said that, things lining up for them, being the schedule, some of the breaks, some of the plays that their defense and K.J. Hamler made at the end, there's still some things that are correct, and I think that showed – very uh, brightly Saturday night, and they are going to lose if those, to me, if those things are not fixed, and they're going to lose before Ohio State, possibly, if those things are not fixed.
0: What, what are some of those things in your mind?
2: Well, uh, start with running back. Okay, well, it, on offense, running back okay. and wide receiver, okay? okay? So, at this point, you know, I've given James Franklin a kind of, have what, seven, eight weeks to to kind of figure this out, that I understand it, and I still don't. I don't know what he's doing with his running backs. And to me, it's getting colder. It's getting later in the year. You're playing tough defenses. To me, you gotta have some continuity of a running game heading into November, mm-hmm. or you're not going to be able to win. I agree. And right now, you. they don't have it.
0: I agree. And I with don't you.
2: understand why they don't have it.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to make. I try to make sense out of what. James Franklin said after the game Saturday when he was asked about Noah Cain carrying it 22 times against Iowa for over 100 yards, and then he got, what, five carries? He played in three series out of their 13 offensive series. Interestingly enough, he was in there at the end of the game when they needed him, but I there's just no rhyme or reason – to the rotation, and I'm with you. If you're doing this to try to keep people happy uh, and putting that ahead of winning football games, then I think it's a mistake.
2: Well, Rich, uh, to me there's no answer, okay, because it's, it's certainly not um, fresh legs. You don't need four guys to have fresh legs. Correct. To me, it can't really about be about keeping people happy, really. That, that seems elementary and juvenile at this level. You got four running backs. You have two more studs coming in next year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're struggling to handle four. How are you going to handle six? Why do you care about any of that? Not
0: not why do you care? Why should you care? You shouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And, and it's not like they're not talented players, but come on, how does he? How do you not see that there's no continuity here when you're literally right. rotating them every series now? And I don't think it's because, if it, and, and can it possibly be because of any type of off-field problem that Noah Kane had? Because if so, why would you have him in there in the first half where he caught a pass and was in on one series? Why would you just say he can't play in the first half, he can't play at all? James never said that. He didn't. It's not the way he used him. So uh, we're left just wondering what it is. And he won't and he won't really say. It
0: doesn't we're, make any sense. No, right and we're left scratching our heads trying to figure out not only not just Noah Kane, not that we, we I think you and I agree and I I know most of the folks who cover Penn State think that he is their best running back. He's their most productive back. But it's not only that, it's you're right, it's the rotation. There's no there's no like you who if if we if we're trying to figure it out, imagine if you're in the shoes of Journey Brown and Ricky Slade and Devin Ford and Noah Kane, trying to figure out, uh, when am I going in, when am I not going in? Unless they're told before the game, but I can't believe that.
2: Well, it's different every game. I was talking to Franco Harris last week, and he said, I never was a fan of rotating running backs back when I was a sophomore. Yeah, Joe did that with Lido Mitchell. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, he did that with Lido Mitchell and you. Okay, you're both pretty good, but... That's two guys, not four guys, okay? <laughs> I mean, right. there's no fullback here. There's nobody blocking. It's just four runners that are going in literally every other series. To me, as much as that is an issue is their wide receiver position where we came in thinking this was a deep group. You have a new coach. Yeah. Bigger things are happening, and basically you're throwing the ball to two guys who are both under six foot that isn't going to cut it in November either, okay? Not against good teams. So what
0: you're saying uh, is they should be throwing the ball more to Justin Shorter?
2: Well, to somebody. I yeah. mean, you'd think Justin Shorter would be the guy. But, my God, you're, you're not throwing it to anybody else at that position. Yeah. So you're throwing it to Hamler, Dotson, and you're one tight end, and that's basically about it. Okay, well, Ohio State's going to eat that up if that's all you got going. Right. Right. No less before that. I mean, you can't expect K.J. Hamler to do everything. Even Dawson is, what, two catches a game, basically.
0: Yeah, oh, I agree. I mean, they, they really, if you look at the numbers, they haven't thrown a lot of passes, especially the last two weeks. Would it, what I mean, Cliff, Clifford comp- completed 12 at Iowa, and I forget, what, 14 against Michigan? Something like right. that. And, Something like that. You know, it's not That's not that thing many. Running
2: backs, you know, Clifford is yep. becoming your leading rusher, not yards, but carries. Yeah. There's, that can't keep going.
0: No. Can't.
2: Okay. That's not working either. And yeah, uh, it's what saved them is that he has been so efficient and they've been so careful with the football. If that wouldn't be the case, they'd have two or three losses right now, but
3: yeah. somehow,
2: which, exceeded everybody's expectations he's he's only thrown two interceptions i think they've only lost four fumbles
0: right and two of the fumbles were in that purdue game were like crazy fumbles on on special teams
2: you know i'll say this an older friend of mine i think kind of said it perfectly he he watched the game him and his wife are going to bed. They look at each other and say, "Why? Why don't we feel more excited?"
0: I know,
2: but <laughs> they just sh- beat Michigan in a whiteout game. But you know exactly what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, yeah, but they should be. I mean, you, you. Here, here's what I'll, and here's what I'll say. Um, and I'm with you on this. I'm with you on the running backs, and I think the ball definitely needs to be distributed more uh, evenly uh, to other wide receivers. But. How close was the pass to Dotson when he was open down the middle for that to be a touchdown? And then you have the Hamler kickoff return, which may or may not have been holding on Penn State. I, I have to – I've only seen his return at live speed, and I can't really tell whether there was a hold on the play or not. But my point is those are just two very close plays. Okay, and then you've got to go with the Michigan catch at the end. So I'm, what I'm saying is offensively they would have – they would have scored 42 points, and then you're like, 42 points against Michigan? Wow! But well, but I, go ahead.
2: It's too reliant on big plays, and yes, I mean, and it's the same guys. And I get that you want to do that. The thing what I'm not seeing is that when the big plays don't happen, they're struggling for their life. And to me, when you have a team down 21 nothing in your whiteout crowd, you you shouldn't be struggling for your life in any way shape or form yeah to me you shouldn't be and you're putting your defense in a really bad position and
0: yeah. Interesting. I mean come
2: on Penn State's yeah. defense is good they're not the greatest defense out there you can't expect them to be just go win the next four games without any type of balance hoping you just hit one big play after another I really thought by this point you would see more balance in their offense which is going to help their defense. And you hope maybe that turns around this coming week because you know they're gonna get tested really hard. Yeah. Especially from the get go by Michigan State's defense.
0: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I um in the first segment, Matt um Charbonneau from the Detroit News was on talk he covers Michigan State and he said he doesn't understand why the Michigan State defense hasn't played better. He goes it's not like they're hurt. He said it's just they they don't look like the same defense that they did two years ago or even last year and that they they maybe they're just tired of carrying the load for the offense who knows but he said that they have not played well and they're capable they have I mean they have some really good players so your your, your point is well taken Frank Um, so if we go back like do you feel that the same issue issues that the Penn State offense had against Michigan were they the same that they had against Iowa
2: Well, no, because, well, not exactly. Okay. Not exactly because they seemed to me that they committed more to their running game. Um, I think they should have ran the ball a little bit more at the beginning of the Iowa game. Um, but certainly in the fourth quarter, when things, okay, you're playing in a supercharged environment mm-hmm. against that team that was pretty desperate, was playing pretty well on defense. Penn State recognized it and said, we want we want our best running back to try to help us win this game at the end. And they did that for and they ran, the series.
0: Right. And they ran the ball effectively in the last 10 minutes of the game. I don't think they threw
2: the ball as effectively as they have. I mean, I think now, that to some degree, despite all these big plays, I think it's been an issue to some degree the entire season. And I think some of it's expected. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not trying to – Downgrade Sean Clifford in any form or fashion. He's a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can't expect him to be blazing, setting records. But I think I expected a very deep Penn State receiving core, two tight ends if they're healthy. He's going to have tons of options. It's going to really help break yeah. things in for him. And I think, to me, we I just haven't seen that at yeah. all. And that's um, I think. They've gotten by with it. That's why I started off by saying I think things have gone their way. Um, the schedule set up nicely, but uh, to me, if they keep taking the same, the same um, formula, I don't, I don't know if it's going to go so well.
3: Right?
0: Yeah. Well, you wonder. You know, Franklin mentioned after the game about shots down the field, but like, if if a pass, maybe the pass rush um, forces Clifford. Or you know, out of the pocket or sacks them, and that's prevented. And guys were open, and I, I don't know. I I'm just I'm with you. I don't I don't think we've seen the offense p- playing at an optimal level uh, in the games again. Now again, they've played really good defenses against Pitt, Iowa, and Michigan, but the one the, the game I go to is the Purdue game where. They scored 28 in the first 16 minutes, and then seven the rest of the game. And that—that that was to me that was more a sign than even the last two weeks.
2: Maybe you know I almost if, if you're going to tell me that they took their foot off the gas in that game, I would almost give that to them.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they did. But, I don't,
2: but yeah. Michigan, there's no excuse for that. I mean, no, no. Michigan's defense has good personnel. Michigan's defense has not played every game great. This year, they have not. Iowa got roasted, got toasted for. I mean, that guy for that David Bell for Purdue had like two hundred yards receiving.
0: Well, he's really good, by the way.
2: Right, right. So I think, um, you know, I hey, I mean, it's, hey, you go back. I, I, I'm sure you know. I didn't cover the team. 1986 was they won how many games by a few points. Yeah. You know, there's different yeah. formulas. Yeah, for success. I mean, we can look back on it differently. I'm just in right. that. When there's things – I guess I'm being a little hard on them because I see these opportunities, I see the potential in these certain things, and I'm kind of – I'm I'm perplexed at why they're not using them better to me. You know, if you yeah. don't have them, you can't use them. They seem like they have more talent at running back and healthy tight ends and receiver, which we, or at least we were told they did at receiver, and it just – they don't seem to be using them all to their ability. Do you think, I do you,
0: do you think they're, ha- whether it's James Franklin or Ricky Ronnie or both are having trouble f- trying to figure out what they want to be, you know, with who, where they want the ball to go to. I mean, are they, you know, they want, ha- you know, you know, Hamler touched the ball 13 times on Saturday night, but what there were, five of them were on kick returns. So, he had six catches and two runs, and of course the second run was a huge run. But what I'm saying is, you know, there's no, you know, what what do they want to be? You know, do they want to be a team that runs the ball, or do they want to be a team that um, sets up the run with the pass, or sets up the pass with the run? I, I don't know. That you're right. That it's very, um, it's very hard to figure this out. Seven games I mean,
2: in. You know. I think they have two really good tight ends right now that Nick Bowers has
0: helped. Yeah, they do. Yeah.
2: I don't know when Nick's touched the ball last, and Pat, is he's going to be it. I mean, how high is he going to get drafted?
0: Oh, easy. First 15 now, picks. I know
2: Sean missed him once, but he's, I mean, three catches a game, I'm thinking you get him more involved. I'm not even mentioning really yeah. that whole part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on shorter
0: patterns. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Hey, we're talking with Frank Badani of the York Daily Record, and we're still rehashing the Penn State Michigan <clears throat> game, which is okay. Um, let me let's shift to the defense. Sure. You mentioned them. Um, you're up 21 nothing. Then it's to 21 14, 28 14. Michigan scores again, and then Michigan drives again, and Penn State made some plays and forced. Uh, Shea Patterson out of the pocket, but Ronnie Bell did drop a pass in the end zone on fourth down. What are your thoughts on the Penn State defense, especially in that fourth quarter Saturday night? I go back
2: and forth a little bit. I mean, they're deeper than I've maybe ever seen a Penn State defense. At times, I'm I'm about ready to think, wow, man, against Iowa, there's the way that – shock that Tony played the way that Windsor played you know it's like wow they, they really are maybe something special I, I, I don't know I, I thought they hung in there they showed a lot of uh, determination Saturday I wasn't quite as impressed <laughs> I don't know overall
0: were you, were you impressed but, until the fourth quarter let me ask you that, or
3: whatever. Or...
2: they hung in, they looked literally like they were a kind of sucking air. Yeah. So to hang yeah. in there.
3: Yeah, I agree. Under
2: the pressure and the plays, um, a little, you know, a little surprise. Shea Patterson had ne- that, as much room to run around as he did, especially, you know, it's like Bob Flounders was mentioning, you know, they, are they going to have somebody spy him a little yep. bit because we knew Shea can move. Yep. And they get such pressure, and then he has literally. Of the green
0: well, he had, tenu- he had ten yards. You know, ten yards downfield, nobody was there. And when he broke, at, when he broke contain, yeah. I, I
2: wonder sometimes, Rich, if they're as disciplined in as they are. I love the athleticism of their linebackers. Okay, but you know, Penn State fans are spoiled. They've seen some of the best ever at that position. Mm-hmm. And, and it just seems like sometimes maybe their defense, a little, you know, not not necessarily. Obviously not at Maryland, but it seems like sometimes they they seem a little out of position. You know, they pack so hard. um,
0: They're so aggressive. Yeah. they an offense
2: that struggled their brains out for most of the year. Seemed completely rejuvenated at times. And I was a little surprised. I mean, you know, I give them all the credit for hanging in there. I mean, no doubt about it. Um, But I guess every week's different. I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm a little surprised. You know, 41 passes. I think one sack, and that was by a safety. Um, that surprised me a little bit too. So, you know, I don't. I don't know. Um, they're still not as much, nearly as much of a mystery to me as the offense. No. Group, you know, I think we'll learn a lot more the next, um, the next couple of games here.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is an important game. You know, because Michigan State has been a pain in the rear end for to Penn State. Yep. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Like last year, it looked like, you know, Michigan State was struggling like they look like this year, and they found a way to beat Penn State. Now, I mean, I don't I don't think Penn State will take Michigan State lightly. They're rolling, unlike last year, they were coming off the loss to Ohio State where they blew the twelve point lead. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean it's 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 but this is gonna be a tough game and you're gonna find out again, we're gonna find out another three hours about Penn State, about what what where the offense is, where the defense is. Um, they're favored by about a touchdown over Michigan State. What do you expect to see?
2: I expect Michigan State to come out from the beginning and play well. I mean, be into this Their defense hit Penn State in the mouth, and it's going to see, and then you're going to see how Penn State reacts. Um, I would expect uh, the first half to be back and forth. I'd be kind of surprised if Penn State came in and ran over them in any way, shape, or form. I don't care what Michigan State's done before. I don't care how not their defense isn't living up to things. They've got a week off. You know, they know they're, I mean, it's kind of do or die for these guys, I mean.
0: Um, well, they're—I mean, they're—they're—I mean, they're not going to win the Big Ten East. I mean, that's no. You know, but, I mean,
2: if you're going to save your season, my God, I mean, you don't want to be losing more games than you win when you're that type of a program. Uh, and they still they have to. The, they, yeah, they've beaten ahead. Penn State the last two years. I mean, they just—they just had their first bye week of the season. I mean, I expect them to play. I expect expect them to play hard on defense, offense. I don't know. Brian Lewerke's played pretty well the last two times against Penn State. He has. I know their offense has struggled. Um, You know, to me, it's going to be like Penn State's defense needs to set a tone early, and Penn State's offense needs to hang in there and develop some identity uh, beyond hitting big plays. To me, they need. I mean, they got you got you got a lot of talent at running back. I like this. I think this is going to be a type of game they're going to have to use it.
0: Hmm. So, and then they get the bye week, and then go to Minnesota. So you're thinking, you're thinking what the next two games? You're thinking they they could they should win the next two games?
2: Well, they definitely should. You know, and that's the thing. Okay. I go back again to why I sound a little bit pessim, not pessimistic, a little bit like I'm picking on them, but I think they have the potential. The schedule is set up for them. They've shown in different, different times who they can be, I think, or at least glimpses of it, they should win these next two games. I mean, they should win these next three games. They should be undefeated. Going into Ohio State. Iowa yeah. State. They yeah. should
0: be. They should be.
2: What my point is is that there's been some signs that it makes you wonder if they're going to be. And I think you want, you know, hey, you want, you want this Michigan State game to be what it is if you're Penn State. You know, you don't want to play Rutgers right now, to me. You, you know, great for them that they're going to have to go to Minnesota after a bye. And Minnesota may be undefeated. Oh yeah, Absolute I think that's
0: good. Focus for God's sake. Yeah, I think that's good for Penn State. Really? Absolutely.
2: They're a young team. They need. They need this. I think. They need this. They need these kind of challenges. Um, they, you know, this is set up as well as it can. I mean, for them to to win the next two weeks and come back home against Indiana? I mean, it really should be. Now, let's see what happens. I mean, if they can protect the ball the way they have the first seven games, if they can not make glaring mistakes like they really haven't the first seven games, they're going to be in there and they're going to be in position, and let's see how things develop, especially on offense. I mean, I guess uh, cautiously optimistic if you're a Penn State fan.
0: Okay. Frank, we're uh, running out of time. Uh, can you please remind the listeners where they can find your work?
2: Sure. Okay, so York Daily Record, YDR.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at YDR Penn State. Uh, start there. That's, that's a good place to, to find my work. I really appreciate you having me on, Richie.
0: I appreciate you giving me your... Uh... Strong opinions. I love it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Thank you. Thank you for letting me, you know. Yeah,
0: it's good. That's why we're here. Frank, thanks. That's Frank Budani of the York Daily Record. You can find this podcast on ReadingEagle.com and wherever podcasts are available. We welcome your feedback. You can find my content in the Reading Eagle and Media News Group publications in the Philadelphia area and on ReadingEagle.com. You can find links to my stories on Twitter at Nittany Rich. We'll return next week when we review the Penn State-Michigan State game and look ahead to the final four games of the regular season. This has been the Nittany Rich Show. Thanks for listening.